0: Fight with depression, the podcast.
1: And it starts early doors in the relationship. <coughs> Perpetrators are master manipulators, and so those relationships start with a grooming uh, phase, if you like.
0: Keep walking through the storm; your rainbow is waiting on the other side. Heather Still of Sin.
1: And there are options now. There are, and it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to come into refuge. We would try and and and, and talk to you about what your needs are but you do you do have options and and you don't have to remain in an abusive and violent relationship
0: mental health matters a lot hello amy hello
2: welcome to our podcast thank you
0: so much thank you for having
2: me Uh, you're very welcome now first of all tell us tell us your credentials because you do some pretty amazing work don't you
3: I, well, I try to. Uh, nah, come myself. on, you do.
2: If you're not going <laughs> to boast, I'll boast for you. You do. I'm not <laughs> oh, having thank that.
3: Thank you so <laughs> much. That's perfect. <laughs> uh, what I've actually done, my past experience has been working in women's refuges, um, obviously, so that's the safe haven for women to go to when they're fleeing domestic violence. Um, I've trained in a lot of DV as well and gone through it personally, uh, so I also have that understanding of it. And just try to give the women the strength to, you know, find their self-worth again and know that that's not okay how they're being treated.
2: Because you run the program with Zoe where you help recovering addicts, don't you? Yes, uh, On any kind of, you know, narcotic or alcohol abuse. Yes. And I, I've already done a full interview with Zoe, which I haven't podcasted yet. That's coming in a future episode okay. on the Hope With Depression podcast. And okay. it's, it's complex enough as it is, sure. domestic violence. But if there's addiction in the mix as well... Yeah. that would make it even harder so really just any, any tips that you've got for us please
3: it's, uh, it's so so complex as you say and uh, sadly I think sometimes a lot of the scenarios can be that the perpetrator is using drugs or um, is the one to actually instigate that sometimes into the women's lives so they feel that if they do it it will appease the guy You know, and just, you know, you just need to keep so safe. And if you're using whilst in DV, your guard's down even more. You can't keep yourself safe. You can't keep your children safe. It's it's just, it's not the right way to go. As hard as the scenario is, as hard as the situation is, You know, you need to dig deep, try to find your strength and just avoid going down that road because it's bad enough as it is already. Is it
2: something the perpetrator might do deliberately as a form of control?
3: Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, it's a way completely, you know, it's a different scenario, but the way that a pimp would use um, his girls you know, he'd get them under their control by feeding yeah. their habits. So, in a sense, yeah, absolutely, it will go hand in hand a lot of times. Actually, which, you know, very it's not concerning. that dissimilar, actually, I
2: mean.
3: actually, is it? No, not, not at all. Not really. Not at all. No, it's it's uh, yeah, completely. Kind of does sit in that same bracket, you know. And there's even the elements of it's not just violence; it's the abuse. It can sometimes be under the category of slavery, even. You know, some women are so controlled by these men that it, it can come under that category you know which is really really
2: good god. bad good god yeah. so someone please god they're not but someone's in that situation uh, what advice would you give i know at a later stage in the program it's all about teaching the women maybe skills they've never learned before like financial yeah. management but that, that that strikes me as more of a kind of add-on after the foundation is well yeah, and truly definitely. laid so what so what is the big foundation that you'd like to communicate Sorry. here yeah.
3: Yeah, I would just really like to stress you can uh, go online, you can literally search Google, you can find a domestic violence helpline, it's a free phone number, so that would be the first stepping stone. There is, in most boroughs actually, a service called the One Stop Shop, which deals with domestic violence, um, but every single avenue, so you can get legal support, you can get housing support, you can get DV support, the police also are there. It's all under one roof. So a woman, you know, I think it's run once a week um, at set certain times, but it's a safe haven to be able to go, you know. But then there's also the scenario where some women cannot get out of the house because their other half won't allow that. So in that scenario... I would suggest, you know, obviously use reaching out to the group, Zoe's group, um, because we can do referrals and make the calls on behalf of the women.
2: Oh, fantastic. And just remind us of the name of that group.
3: That's Foundations with Zoe, Building Foundations uh, with Addiction, Depression, Anxiety and everything okay. that comes with it. There, there's
2: so. a link on hopewithdepression.com forward slash resources. Okay, so even if it is that desperate that someone is physically not allowed to leave the house, if they're online, they can go to that group and the calls yeah. can be made on their behalf.
3: Completely, absolutely. Okay. And uh, what is also hard, sorry, I'm going to get on my soapbox a bit. It's, uh, you get on it. It's really, really hard as well for a woman in that scenario to ring 999 um, because there's a lot of fear that the police could come and take Mr Man away. He will do his, you know, narcissistic, charm persuasive and weasel his way out of it. And then he's back at the property. And then for the woman, that's really, really frightening, you know, because she's then on the receiving end of his anger because she's gone to the police in the first place. So if you don't kind of want the severity of 999, you can always ring uh, 101. But you can in, keep logs of um, everything that's happening with them which will then, again, enable anyone in the supportive area to be able to get the uh, injunctions, non molestation order, harassment um, orders, and prohibited step orders, which will stop these perpetrators, once you're free, from coming near you, from being able to go to the school, to take your children without your say-so. Right.
2: So uh, every they... angle pretty much is covered. Yeah, but absolutely. people But people don't know that, because obviously the purple, no, perpetrator not. won't tell them, so we will
3: absolutely thank okay. you perfect brilliant absolutely
2: perfect anything else you'd like to add
3: no just thank you so much oh, and, thank you yeah please everyone keep safe because obviously at this precise moment in time being isolated and being in a domestic violence relationship it, it is. is it, it's, yeah, it's it is but really there is
2: there is stuff that can be done which is reassuring. Really surely Amy yeah, just thank you
3: reach out. thank no you problem. thank you
2: so much for being on my love
0: No problem at all. Thank you so much. Take care. Be well. Mental health matters a lot. Self-love is total, unconditional acceptance of all aspects of oneself. It's I am enough just as I am. When we love ourselves, we completely accept all of our parts and ultimately become willing to reveal them without reservation or qualification. In other words, it is complete freedom of being which allows for self-expression without fear. Mimi Shannon. Hype with depression, the podcast.
2: Hello, Fianna. Hello. You're the first Fianna I've ever met. Yeah, it's it's, it's Italian. My mum uh, was Italian
1: and uh, she decided to call me something slightly different from the normal saints names and found this name in a magazine or something and and went with it. So yeah, there aren't many of us
2: around. I like like it. It's kind of a mashup between Fiona and Rihanna.
1: Yeah, a
2: little bit. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that's just my crazy imagination. Anyway, uh, thank you so much for being on the podcast. You're very welcome. Uh, a very serious subject and a subject that we, you know, really does need some awareness and attention at the moment. Yeah. Um, so, listen, the forum's yours. I'll let you introduce yourself. I'll let you, you know, say what you do because you do some phenomenal work, and then we we'll chat a little bit thank about you. the work that you do and what you can offer. Go for it. Thank you. Thank
0: you.
1: Uh, Okay, well, my name is Fiamma, and I'm the CEO of an organization called Your Sanctuary. And we're a charity, and we support people experiencing domestic abuse. And we're based in uh, northwest Surrey. Um, The organization has been around for over 40 years and came into being at the very start of the refuge movement. Um, So at that time, people like Erin Pizzi were opening up houses in places like Chiswick. And then there were other women dotted around the country that were opening up houses for women to come to to be safe with their children. And up until that point, really, there had been no services available for women. And the attitude from police and and society really was, well, that's just what life's like, Um, put up with it, really. You made your bed lie in it.
2: Isn't that incredible, Um, those attitudes used to exist? I I mean, I remember the phrase, only a domestic only yes,
1: absolutely, absolutely, uh, you know, and that was just what people believed at that time, but that's not that long ago actually um, and Unfortunately, I think some of those attitudes to an extent still exist, but it's a ton better now than than it used to be so Anyway, so we now uh, we now run two uh, refuges, which are basically safe houses for women, so we can accommodate 13 women and their children at any one time. And we have amazing staff and volunteers that work in those refuges to support them from the minute they turn up uh, for the whole of the six months. or you know, Sometimes it's slightly more than that that they stay with us. A lot of that support is emotional, as you can imagine. I mean, if I asked you, uh, Neil, to um right now pack up a bag um and and leave and get on a train to somewhere that you weren't sure where it was um just the trauma of that and then land somewhere with people you don't know and Um, live in a house with people you don't know particularly
2: if i was in a terrible state anyway because i was experiencing violence i can't even imagine i mean what courage it takes to do that
1: Exactly. Uh, So it's massive Uh, and so a lot of it is really just welcoming and settling people in and making them feel as safe as possible. So we have amazingly skilled staff who do that. Uh, And then during the stay, obviously, there are practical things that need to be looked at. For instance, getting the children into school under normal circumstances, uh, making sure they've got enough food and nappies and all those practical things making sure that they uh, are helped through claiming benefits. So they have money because often people arrive literally what they're standing up in with no money, no credit on their mobile phones, etc., etc. And obviously also doing quite a lot around safety planning, particularly uh, social media. Uh, we've had women arrive with tracking devices on, on their phones, tracking oh devices on their cars. God. Um, so we have to look now really thoroughly at every part of their life, really, to make sure that they can't be found. Um, and they stay with us for six months and sort of toward the end of that time we then have the difficult job of supporting them to find other accommodation um, which uh, there isn't much really. Uh, Social housing, as everybody knows, is virtually non-existent really and they'd be very lucky to get that. And so the next option would be private rent. However, many landlords don't accept housing benefits and also, even if they do accept housing benefit, particularly here in Surrey, but in a lot of parts of the South East, housing benefit doesn't cover the rent because rent is so high.
2: What would a solution to that be? If I could, if you had a well, magic wand and you could solve this problem, what, what would the solution be, do you think?
1: Build, build social housing, not affordable housing, because it's not affordable often. <laughs> build more social housing. All those houses and flats that have been sold have not been replaced. And there is a, a chronic shortage of decent social housing now. And, and unfortunately, you know, those people who are rough sleeping or are sofa surfing and, uh, and many of those are actually uh, domestic abuse victims themselves. But people coming out of refuge, they just can't access decent accommodation. So many of the women that we have um, supported for those six months end up in um, not very nice bed and breakfast. I mean, before I worked here... I thought a bed and breakfast was a nice sort of cottagey-looking place. That's what you <laughs> with,
2: associate it with, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah.
1: <laughs> with roses around the door and somebody making bacon sandwiches in the morning. A ni-
2: nice old lady with a cup of tea in the morning. Precisely.
1: Mm. Uh, and, it, and it really isn't like that at all.
2: But it sounds like you've got your bit absolutely nailed. It's just the follow-on bit yeah, that you, you, you seem to need the help with. Yeah. Any, yeah. Any, any progress on this? Is it getting any better?
1: No, I don't think it is. But there's more and more calls for, you know... Um,
2: well, I know this the, problem the, the, is huge.
1: It is massive. I mean, I cannot,
2: not. I cannot. Isn't it something like one in four will experience DV?
1: Uh, yeah, one in four women will experience domestic abuse at some point in their lives, good, and then not to forget children, so they reckon something like one in five children will be living with domestic abuse. And I think it's really important to remember the children, actually, and often people will say they they are witnesses to the domestic abuse. They're most mm. definitely not witnesses they experience. Experience it from the moment they're born, and even beforehand. Um, mm. oops, sorry, my phone. That's all right. Um, uh, they experience it in a very traumatic sense that the the place that should be safest for them and the people that should be looking after them are unable to do that. Um, one because one is an abuser, and the and the, and, the, and the other is because that that parent is doing their best to just survive, and it's very hard to focus on. All the parenting stuff that we'd like to do when you're you're fighting for our lives, when
2: you're protecting yourself and fighting for your life, it's a hideous situation. thank you for all that you do. What 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 other things do you do there? I mean, you have classes and workshops and life skills. I'm sure you you teach all that, like money management, off the top of my head, that sort of thing. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, we have other services as well. So we also support people out in the community um, because um, refuge isn't right for everybody. Mm. So we support people out in the community who live or work in Northwest Surrey. And we also have a helpline and an online chat service that operates throughout Surrey. So we quite we do quite a lot, and all of that support is either delivered one to one, so in refuge and in the community, um, because for a lot of people they want that relationship with one person who who walks beside them through whatever
2: that journey looks like for them do you know and i once so, i once spoke sorry to interrupt you i once spoke to a brilliant therapist and she said that, th- and it, it, it just flagged up my mind because it's similar she said uh, her name's rosie she's amazing and she said first of all when a client comes to me first i just hold them it's like yeah. it's like hiring a surrogate mum basically if you yeah. like yeah. Uh, and then i walk beside them
0: yeah
2: and then when the work's done i release them and i thought that was beautiful Absolutely. i thought that's that was the, beautiful yeah yeah
1: that and that's exactly what we do Um, uh, that's exactly what we do. And some people need us to walk beside them for longer than others. Some people um, veer away for a while um, because it's too hard and then come back. Mm. And I think we are unique in terms of, you know, DA services across the country are unique in that we don't put any uh, restrictions on that. You, You can come to us and engage with us for as long or short a time as you need and you can come back, go away again as many times because we know how hard it is. Some people never leave their abuser because it's just too
2: difficult. Why why is that? Because to the observer, it would just seem obvious. Yeah. Um, But uh, in a situation, not in my life, but a friend of mine, I'm not going to say who, what, or where because it, it wouldn't be fair. But there was a situation where something could and should have been reported to the police, yeah. and an outside observer will go, "Well, why didn't you?" D-? You know, the, the sentence will begin, "Why didn't you just?" It's so bleeding obvious, but yeah. but what I've learned is it ain't as easy as all that for a myriad no, of reasons. What what are some of those reasons, and maybe and maybe we can offer solutions to those reasons if they if they're not as good reasons as people might think they are
1: yeah i uh, i mean it starts early doors in the relationship Uh, perpetrators are master manipulators and so those relationships start with a grooming uh, phase if you like so often you know perpetrators are not stupid and so if they started perpetrating either the physical abuse or the or the psychological and emotional abuse from date one then, yeah, you'd probably go, no thanks, mate, I- I'm off. But they don't. And what they do is they, yeah, they groom the person that they're in the relationship with. So they appear to be the most ideal partner, very caring, very loving, very focused on you, um, and they move things along really quickly. But that care and that focus soon translates into control. Yeah. Um but it's insidious and it happens stage by stage.
2: There's a Netflix and- document, not doc- well. There's a documentary and there's there's a dramatization of it. Dirty John. I don't know if you're oh, familiar right. with that, but no. that uh, again, it's it, what you've just said is portrayed very well. There, I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend anyone that's in an abusive relationship watch it. No, but but, it, uh, I, but I would probably say required viewing for carers possibly. It's on it's yeah. on Netflix. Dirty John. But yeah, okay, yeah, v- be- very well articulated there, Eric yeah. Banner, Eric Banners in it.
1: Okay. Um, so yeah, so so, and often you know, physical. Again, when you start talking about domestic abuse, people tend to go to the place of physical abuse. But the the perpetrators that we worry most about are the ones that that, that don't use physical abuse. There's, there's there's a there's a there's a threat in the air, if you like, that physical abuse could be used, and that goes the same with sexual abuse,
2: which is sometimes um, even worse isn't well, it, maybe? I, I, yeah. I'm thinking out loud to you, and please shoot me down if I'm wrong, but I, th- I think the threat of it yeah. could be almost worse than the thing itself. It and I, and I, if I please correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm, I'm fishing here.
1: No, you're you're absolutely right. And right. what we do hear from a lot of the women that we support is that sometimes that build-up, knowing that they were going to be assaulted, was so, so frightening and so uh, anxious-making that they would um, almost try and trigger the assault because it was because it was better to get it over and done with. Yeah. And then the period after the assault generally was safer. You know, things would calm down a little bit. So they, so they would almost, you know, that phrase, push his buttons, mm. so, you know, in order to get the assault over with because, because, yeah, they knew that it would be better the other side. By the time you've come through the grooming um, stage and then you're in, in a stage where you know things aren't right, um, but you're, you think you can manage it and you can cope with it. And, and often you think it's your fault because the perpetrator is telling you it's your fault. If you weren't so stupid, I wouldn't have to do this.
2: No-one else the, wants you. You need no, me.
1: Exactly. Yeah. All of that stuff. And, yeah, of the, course, you're isolated by that point generally in one of those relationships. So you haven't got any nice friends saying that's yeah. ridiculous. It, it's, essentially, it's, that. it's,
2: it's essentially gaslighting, isn't
1: it? It's absolutely gaslighting. Yeah. So, so by that point, so you're coping, you're trying to manage you 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 think you're you're the worst person in the world you think it's all of your fault but but you still love that person and what you're really aiming for is for it to go back to that lovely grooming stage but let's be let's was,
2: be clear here even if the words seem harsh that ain't going to happen is it and and no. at, at what point at what point should you get out i mean i'd say as early as possible but absolutely
1: it, as early as possible so,
2: so so what is the first sign where you should think right that is it i'm out
1: well, it's different for for everybody, but what I would say is um, either for the people themselves or and or for friends or family, you know, I think you need to, to think about, is it is it normal, for instance, in a relationship that you don't have any contact with your family and with your friends? Is it normal and is it healthy that you are told, you know, what to wear, who to speak to, no. when to go out to the shop, no. how to parent your children... What, how to spend your money, if you have any, um, to report back with a receipt, to, to show somebody what you've spent your report money on. Report back
2: with a receipt?
1: Oh, yeah, that happens quite often. That if you're allowed out to the shop, that you have to come back and present a receipt to the perpetrator, so they check what you've spent your money on. Good God. Um, we've had, we have that quite, quite a lot. Or they'll check the petrol gauge, because if you say you're just going to Tesco's and back, they will check how much petrol you've used. So that you can't go off anywhere else.
2: It's just control of the highest Ab- order, isn't Absolutely, it?
1: Absolutely, it is just control, and that's yeah. what perpetrators are about. They just want yeah. to control mm. their 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 victim, and so you have to start questioning. And I think it's I think we give out very muddled messages in society around relationships. I think we give muddled messages around what men are supposed to be like. Well, give us a, know,
2: give us a clear one in your in your view. I mean, obviously well, you, you run this thing, so you know this stuff inside out. What is a clear? Reasonable way for a man to behave, and when does it cross the line?
1: Well, I think for everybody, you know, I'm not saying just men. I think for women as well, you know, relationships should be equal, shouldn't they? They should be respectful. They should be kind.
2: And, I'm not and, saying, and, and dare I say, fun
1: and fun. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, d- absolutely. Dare, dare I throw I'm that one that. in? <laughs> I'm, I'm all for that, yeah. absolutely. Um, uh, but, but yeah, there should be mutual respect, and yes, you can care about somebody. But that doesn't mean that you then control everything that they do. That care should be um, proportionate to what that person needs and should be respectful of that person's autonomy. Yeah, I mean, and, and people sales. people do
2: argue over money, don't they? I mean, that can sure. happen and it's not a, a DV, a domestic violence. It, no. could, it could be, you oh, know, better watch the joint bank account. I think we're spending a bit much. Can we talk about it? That's that's exactly. entirely different, isn't it? Just, just to be absolutely different. clear here, because I think we need to yeah. keep it really crystal clear.
1: Yeah. Yeah no you're absolutely right of course everybody has has little arguments with people that they love people that they're living with it's impossible not to yeah. but that should be done again as far as possible in a kind and respectful manner there should never be an excuse to swear and shout and to to throw things or to, or to be physically abusive there shouldn't be any you know when you're thinking about sex that should be willingly that should be with complete consent not well, it's easier if I just do, or I'm not. I'm frightened of the consequences if I don't. Um,
2: well, if no. it's not consenting, that's rape, put no, bluntly, isn't it?
1: A- absolutely. It doesn't is. matter if you're again, married.
2: It, you know, marriage doesn't give you a license to do that. No,
1: it does not. And but again, people people don't always think of it like that. When you say no. the word rape, you think about a stranger down a dark alley. You don't no. think about that going on in your own home within no. the context of a. Of a marriage or a, a relationship so and people that, find it hard yeah, yeah.
2: To, and understanding these contexts is, is terribly terribly important, now yeah. if someone's listening to this and desperate, first thing to do action step one
1: action step one would be to, it, if well obviously if you're in immediate danger or your or children and you are in immediate danger then it's, then it's 999 this is a crime even if you're not being hit if you're being controlled, if you're being coercively controlled, it is now a crime, and and the police will deal with it as such. Um, If if you're not in immediate danger, then reach out, reach out to a domestic abuse specialist service to talk through what is going on for you, because for many survivors, they find it difficult to unpick what is happening. They have no space in their heads to think uh, at all, because they're just in survival mode, Mm. and that's what we're here for. We can talk you through it. We are experienced, we understand, we'll believe you, and we'll we'll treat you with respect. and we won't make you do anything that you don't want to do. Mm. Obviously, there's a line. If we felt you were in danger then we would have to we would have to do something, but other than that, we would talk through your options and there are options now, there are. and it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to come into refuge. We would try and and, and, and talk to you about what your needs are. But you do you do have options, and and you don't have to remain in an abusive and violent relationship.
2: End really of, yeah, off. yeah, Absolutely. end of, brilliant. Anything else you'd like to add, by the way? Because I mean, I could, I could literally talk all day about this, but I want to <laughs> get the really key points. What what is anything else that I, anything I've missed?
1: Well, I think I think maybe just to say that um, when you're experiencing domestic abuse, you feel very alone, and I would just like to say that that you're not on your own. Sadly, many other women and some men. Are experiencing it as well, Um, and, and that the most important thing would be to reach out and start that conversation. Um, because that can be, uh, you know, make all the difference uh, and be an absolute
2: lifeline. So can, can I just was- talk about men for a second? Yeah. Because, and I I'm just using this as a very loose but useful generalisation. Women, sure. women tend to communicate more about feelings. Men generally more about facts. You know. Yeah. You know, women go to the toilet in pairs. Men don't. You know, we're, we're yeah. different. But you know, I know what men's egos are like because I'm one of them. And it, yeah. To a man, it could be shameful to admit that he's being bullied Absolutely. by a girl in in that schoolboy kind of way. Do you know? i mean yeah. but many men would feel that now what what would you say to a man that felt shame about admitting it
1: well de- definitely not to feel shame and unfortunately those cultural norms that mean that some men think it's okay to control and abuse women mm. also mean that men find it very hard therefore to reach out and say i'm being abused either by a man in a same-sex relationship because that happens a lot and or by uh, a woman but i would say again reach out. There are services. I mean, we run a male specialist service. Yeah. Um, and so you can reach out. And there are others. There's a national one called Respect um, that you can reach out to. And again, they will treat you with respect. They will believe what you are saying. And then they will offer you support and and options. But you're absolutely right. It's really hard for women to come forward. And I think it's even harder for men, actually, who are yeah. victims. Yeah, I,
2: I, sure. I, would, I would agree with that. Mm. And if people are abusing someone and they know they are and they want to stop is there a place they can go to
1: there is now unfortunately there aren't a whole host of perpetrator programs and i do think that that we need to have a perpetrator strategy in this country because we can't just keep dealing with the fallout we need to deal with the root cause of it
2: proactive not reactive uh, yeah
1: absolutely we do but um respect um, I haven't got their details to hand, but you can Google them. I'll
2: find um, it. I'll put it. I'll put it as uh, resources course. on so, the on the resources page.
1: They are they are like the national kind of standard for perpetrator work, both with male and female perpetrators. And so, if you felt that you were, you know, being abusive, then that is a great place to start, actually, and a great step forward to acknowledging what you're doing and to making your life and your children and your partner's life safer and, and happier, actually. So. That would
2: yeah. be a great thing for somebody to do. Yeah, lovely. Fiona, it's been, um, was well, frankly, a privilege talking to you. Thank you so much for, oh, your, for you. your time. Now, where can people find you online, love?
1: Okay, so uh, we have a website, which is www.yoursanctuary.org.uk. Got a number. Um, and, and all our details are on there, but our helpline number is 01483 7768.
2: Something else as well, because I spoke to the police on 101 yesterday. Just throw this oh, in yeah. now. Uh, it is completely legal if, if you're fleeing um, a, a situation, be it business or, or personal. It's totally legal to leave somewhere where you or your children are in danger. The police will absolutely. never, ever prosecute no, for something no, no, no. like that. Quite the opposite. They help you. They
0: um, would help. Yeah, absolutely. A- absolutely. Would.
2: But some people, are, you know, with the COVID-19 restrictions, some people are saying, oh, I can't leave the house unless yeah. it's this reason. No, no, no. And, I, and, this, and came, I... this came from a police officer yesterday on 101. Yeah.
1: that's a really good point and also I suspect that a lot of perpetrators are saying that because it suits them to say well you can't leave the house but absolutely nobody nobody is expecting somebody to stay in a violent and unsafe situation and the police will help and support you to to flee and to find uh, you know somewhere safe for you and your family to be for sure.
2: Be well and I wish you you, very well. What's your vision? Find a magic, find a genie and and your your vision would be, come on everyone's got a big dream, what's yours for this?
1: Well well, I you know our big dream here is that is that this stops that domestic abuse stops yeah. and the way that we're going to do that is is to really rethink the way that we teach children to have relationships and i think it's got to be a massive education program much like the one around seatbelts because i'm old enough to remember when it was fine to go in a car without a seatbelt
2: oh, remember all that
1: Right. And but now if you saw somebody without a seatbelt, you, you you would notice and you would say something and you would do something and that's what it's got to get like with domestic abuse. That yeah. as a society we say, No more not acceptable mm. and it must stop that's, that's my
2: dream anything we can do um here at the hope with depression podcast to contribute to your vision please keep in touch and if you've mm-hmm. got a lovely success story yeah get in touch with me and and yeah. tell us don't have to give real names but i'd love no. to hear someone's success story of how they've gone cool. on turned it around and now doing yep. wonderful things in the world yep. uh, We've got loads of those. like yeah oh could share us share one with us
1: Uh, Oh, golly, well... uh, You knew I was going to ask, didn't you? We've we've got success stories in our own organisation, to be honest with you. I mean, we've got uh, one member of staff who used to be a child in one of our refuges and uh, has come back uh, uh, and and volunteered for us and is now a member of staff supporting other survivors of domestic abuse, which is absolutely amazing. I just
2: wanted to flag up that it is possible. Even if it, it feels desperate, you know, yeah. it's it's not. There are ways out. And, of course, it wonderful... It is completely possible. Many it's wonderful organisations, yeah. including your own, which which are yes. making a huge and yeah. necessary contribution to the field. Fianna, thank you so thank much. It has been a, actually a real privilege. Be well oh, and take you. care. And you, and you. Take care. Thanks a lot.
0: Next time on Hope With Depression, the podcast. For a,
2: an event
0: I had to speak at in my area, and mm. the one thing I
1: said to people was, just take the time to sit and listen to people every day, the people around you, the mm. people in your workplace, your mm. friends, your family. I mean, even people that you meet in your traveling that might, you know, it's like all these campaigns that Samaritans do, I give credit to because, you know, small talk and the power of listening can actually be the thing that starts somebody on that journey of recovery mm. because
0: they felt listened to and not judged and not mm. stigmatized. For
2: yeah. Them oh yeah amen to all of this
0: Hype with depression the podcast